And we are live. And welcome to episode 69 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I'm your host, Lisa Nowakowski, and I'm a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey County. And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional technology coach in Northwest LA County. Um, missed last week's episode, last the, the previous episode in January. So I want to wish everybody a happy new year and remind you that we have a 15 minute format because ain't nobody got time for more than that. No, they don't. And today's coffee fact is coffee equity. Yes. So there is something called a coffee equity toolkit, and it's a resource library that has been created to make coffee more inclusive and accessible to people from all backgrounds and all segments of the industry. Um, it contains links to articles covering topics like racism, sexism, transphobia, uh, language, conflict management, and so much more. And um, as all they as all of that relates to the coffee industry, and we will have a link to that in our show notes. It's really interesting. Check it out. Um, tonight's guest is Stacy Cool, who will be talking to us about student choice and voice. So, Stacy, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Um, yeah, so my name is Stacy. I am a teacher on special assignment for Merced Union High School District. Um, I've spent about 14 years as a chemistry and an AP chemistry teacher. And for the last couple of years, I've worked on tech integration and curriculum support at the district office. I also recently, and this is my cat, Hera, who always likes to say hi when I'm doing video chats. <laughs> <laughs> I also recently just started at uh, UC Merced um, working with their pre-service teachers and um, working with them on issues of um, equity and technology integration. That's a lot of what I do, technology integration curriculum support. That's excellent. Thank you. And no worries about Hera. Um, I have Goldilocks in the background there. You can see her little <laughs> ears poking up. And all animals are welcome in our podcast. Okay. <laughs> so you're here to talk to us about student choice and voice. What exactly is that? Well, one of the things I've been realizing is um, we want to provide more opportunities to steer their own learning, students to steer their own learning and to have some control over it. And ultimately, this can lead to opportunities for differentiation and personalization, um, which allows you to hear students' voices more, and they tend to become more empowered and more invested in their work. So it's something I've really become more passionate about um, over the years. We love that. And with Common Core and the deeper thinking in the four C's, it really is all about having the kids starting to take ownership and doing those sort, sorts of things. Mm -hmm. um, so now last time we spoke with uh, Nicole Beardsley uh, about HyperDocs. And so our listeners might be familiar with HyperDocs. Is this similar to HyperDocs? Is it different? Uh, if so, how does it differ? It's actually generally pretty related to HyperDocs. The way I um, structure them a lot of times is with a, I call it a choice board. Some people might be familiar with the term tic-tac-toe or think-tac-toe, because a lot of times they might show as a three by three um, grid. And so they're oftentimes incorporated in hyperdocs, allowing students to have some opportunity. But um, this is maybe like a smaller facet of a hyperdoc um, to give students that opportunity. So it could be a piece of one, or it could just stand alone on itself. And, and they can be 
just like a hyperdoc, they can be small where it's just for a particular lesson or they could be much larger encompassing a whole unit when you're looking at the idea of choice boards for students. Awesome. Um, so what got you interested in, in, in this whole topic and led you down this road of uh, student choice boards? Well, one of the things I think we really need to look at, I was one of those teachers who had the nice orderly classroom and we all thought that was great at the time. And ultimately I realized that my students were very compliant, but they weren't necessarily very engaged with the material. And so that became pretty important to me. And so, you know, that's one of the things we're looking at heavily in my district now. Are your students engaged or are they compliant? And the differences are pretty significant. You know, your engaged students knows what they're doing. They ask questions. You know, they can make connections. And most importantly, they're empowered and in control of their learning. But the compliant student tends to just want to... Um, you know, have the teacher tell them what to do, you know, only is focused on getting the task done, is looking for, you know, um, just instructions to be what, you know, what happens next. So they're not very invested in the process and they just really care about the grade. And so you kind of get down to this question of intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. You know, we want kids to be intrinsically motivated to want to be interested in learning. Um, but yet we don't really do anything to interest them. Do you guys have the, you, do you do the healthy kids survey at your school? Is yes. that a, yes. yeah, yeah. That's a pretty universal California thing. And there's, that's what I thought. There's two questions that really stood out to me. There's one um, where students are asked if they do interesting activities and if they do things that make a difference. And overwhelmingly the students in my district said, no, they don't they don't do interesting things and they don't have opportunities um, to do things that are meaningful and interesting. And um, it's kind of heartbreaking when you think about it. <laughs> so. And that is really eye-opening for a district to really dissect that and see what they can do to change that. Um, so uh, the engage, so uh, student choice boards or the student choice and voice is really more, you know, engagement, like you said, versus the compliant. And I know that can be really scary for some teachers to, because, they're you know, when they're compliant, I'm the teacher and I'm in control and I can have that nice, calm classroom, which does not raise my blood pressure. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... What advice do you have for teachers who might want to start dabbling in something like this that can maybe lower that anxiety a little bit? Like we want them to be engaged, but we also, we like the control. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. We do. <laughs> you know, and that's what I found. We are a whole bunch of control freaks. I, I had to learn to embrace the chaos too, but um, I'd say start small you know, um, particularly too much choice can be overwhelming for students who particularly who have not had that before. Um, I've had pushback from students going, well, just tell me what to do, which one's the right answer. I'm like, no, they're all the right answer. Um, so I'd say, you know, easily just start with, with two or three things, you know, two or three assignments or variations on an opportunity for a student. Um, I always leave an extra one of, and if you have an idea, come talk to me. And in every single case, I've approved it 
because they've kind of thought out and they've met the spirit of the assignment. And sometimes what they propose ends up on the next go around, you know, because it was such a neat idea, which is really empowering for students too. The other thing that was really helpful for me when I was just starting off letting students have more autonomy is bringing in somebody I trust to see my classroom. So I was very fortunate that I have I had an instructional coach and a principal that I really felt comfortable with. And I invited them into my room as I was experimenting to go, are they learning? Are they engaged? You know, because I'm busy managing and running around and, you know, to offer me that feedback. And they were really excited by what they saw. That is a great idea to have a trusted person come in yeah. and help give you that feedback to make it even better for the students. That's great. Um, so what are some of the advantages of allowing students um, having their own choice? Well, there's been lots of studies that say um, giving choice does really affect intrinsic motivation positively. And um, when they're more intrinsically motivated, they tend to perform at higher levels and um, and take on more challenging tasks. And I think right now, really, what's important is, is giving students control over their own learning. Um, a lot of our districts are focusing on DOK, depth of knowledge right now. And, um, you know, those lower depths of knowledge are really just kind of the simple recall stuff, but the higher ones really involve, um, you know, that divergent thinking. And there's no opportunity for divergent thinking if they can't personalize or kind of break outside the boundaries of whatever you envisioned for the assignment. So it really encourages that extra um, steps in learning and gives them hopefully something that's more interesting to them. Um, sometimes the choice boards can have a gamification element, which is fun for students. And, and you know, always we wanna keep equity in mind. And, you know, it just, again, giving opportunities for different types of assignment, you know, will help meet learners meet, meet learners at any level that they're at. I love I love the gamification idea yeah. with it as well. I'm not a big gamer or into gamification, but there are some teachers out there that are so great. Can you elaborate a little bit more on like adding the gamification element and how that might look and how it might work in a classroom? Um, well, sometimes it's just a simple tic-tac-toe board, you know, completing three in a row. Um, I've seen some teachers really gamify their classrooms with complicated um reward systems, which can be fun, you know, um, that's a little beyond me <laughs> in my high school classroom, but it works for some teachers. I just want to, you know, be wary of um, making sure we're focusing on that intrinsic meta uh, motivation and not that extrinsic prize game factor if you're gamifying. Um, but yeah, you know, those opportunities for, um, for equity, making sure students aren't having any barriers to the assignment, um, that not everything is maybe an intensive model building thing with outside components or, um, you know, helping our special education learners or our gifted learners have opportunities to do an assignment at any level that still addresses what needs to be done is, is a, it becomes easier when you have a, uh, when you've allowed them choice as opposed to these narrow parameters for an assignment. And I love the idea that, or 
the whole philosophy too behind it that it is an intrinsic because I think so many of us struggle. I know I do. Um, you know that balancing the intrinsic versus extrinsic, extrinsic, and we really want them to you know be self those self motivated learners. Um, so. I was curious, um, does this method work better at one level, like elementary or high school, at an, than it does at another level? Or have you found that it's, it works very well consistently across all levels of education? I think it works consistently across all levels of education. Um, I actually first saw the idea from elementary teachers. Um, and I worked in a high school setting and provided students opportunity of choice. And now I'm teaching at a university in addition to being in a high school district. And I'm giving my students those opportunities to make assignments more meaningful to them. What's kind of funny is they actually um, mentioned on my reviews that they were a little frustrated by the choice because they just wanted to be told what to do, but they appreciated that I gave it to them. So it was kind of funny. That was the exact same reviewer. He or she was just like, oh, I hate that she didn't tell us what to do, but it was kind of cool she didn't tell us what to do. <laughs> you know? So, you know, um, if adults are having a little bit of difficulty with that, you know, just, you know, try and be mindful of your younger learners might be struggling with that too, that they're just not used to having opportunities to express themselves. Right. And I loved your, your suggestion, you know, when somebody gets started, just start off with a few choices, yeah. nothing large. I think a tic-tac-toe, and I love the idea of a tic-tac-toe, I can definitely see that being overwhelming for a first go around for students. Absolutely. And actually, that's one of the things I'm presenting on at Spring Q is this idea of how to make um, choice boards, because I think for a teacher, even it can be overwhelming, because if you're thinking about a three by three board, that's nine choices. How am I going to create nine assignments and grade nine different things? And so in my session, I kind of break that down. I show some standard things. You know, you don't want to fall into your pitfall of um, doing a three in a row where they do the same type of assignment three times. So in my session at Spring Q, I talk about how to structure it and give some entry points for teachers to make it a lot easier because we want to make this job easier and more fun, not harder. Agreed. That was our timer, by the way. And um, we will have a, a sneak peek of Stacy's uh, presentation in the show notes if you want to take a look. Um, Stacy, any final thoughts? No, I think we covered the main things I want to cover. I just hope that teachers go out and, um, you know, even if you just give a students two choices, that's better than just nothing at all. Excellent advice. Thank you. And when you said you are presenting at Spring Q this year, and um, what day are you presenting and what time? I'm presenting Saturday afternoon. I think it's at 2 p.m. I think I'm one of the last sessions. So I hope those of you who stick around come find me. And um, it's always a crazy good time in my sessions. We are jamming in those 60 minutes. <laughs> well, thank you again for that. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing you at Q. Um, so thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please go ahead and leave us a comment and let us know. Tonight's comment question is, how have you given your students voice and choice and how did it affect their learning outcome? If you haven't done it yet, um, go ahead and give it a try and get back to us on that or give us some of your thoughts on how you might 
go ahead and give that a try in your classroom. Please join us Monday, February 11th, when our guest will be John Sowash, and he will be talking to us about multimedia projects with Chromebooks. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. If you like the show, and of course it's fabulous, uh, please rate and leave a review for us on iTunes. It helps people to find us and give this video a thumbs up if you believe in the power of student voice and choice. Remember, we are always looking for guests to share the great things they're doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone that fits the bill, or if that's you and you'd like to be a guest, please visit our website at tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thanks for listening. Good night. <laughs>